Hey, everybody. So great to see you. Excited to be here today. Listen, you know, I really do believe what they were saying in that video. I believe we were created for a life of impact. Do me a favor. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, and say, let's make a difference. We're between series this morning, and so what we're doing today is kind of hitting the pause button for a second and doing what we call a Vision Sunday. We want to spend a little bit of time talking about why we exist as a church. And about two-thirds of this will be things that we've been doing as a church and, and looking ahead to what we believe God can do this year. And then the last part will be just for you as we talk about God's vision for your life. You know, you need it. You, you need to understand it clearly. Let me show you a verse as we get started. It's found in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. Habakkuk was this Old Testament prophet. And uh, to kind of set this verse up that we're about to read, Habakkuk had actually been complaining. I mean, he had been fussing. He's been saying, well, you, know, you know, look at this world, God. It's a mess. Does that sound familiar? Right? Sometimes we kind of look at things and go, man, our world is a mess. Everything is falling apart. And so chapter 1 is kind of depressing, and he kind of goes off on all of that and all the things that are going on. And then in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Then the Lord answered. And I want you to notice that. Uh, you know, because I know some people think, forget the world, forget the nation. My world's a mess, right? My world is falling apart right now. And I believe that the Lord would answer and say the same thing to you, and that is that when you're in that condition, what you may be lacking is clarity of vision. Because if you don't know where you're going, you could end up anywhere. And most people end up somewhere, but they don't end up somewhere on purpose. And we want you to end up somewhere on purpose. We want you to kind of see a vision for your life and move towards that so that you can accomplish what God has for you in your life. And so God says, write the vision. In other words, don't just hold on to it. Write it down. Put it on paper. Get it so that you can see it. Don't just hold on to it in your heart. And churches are good at writing their vision, and corporations and companies are good at writing their vision. But when was the last time you sat down and wrote out a vision for your life? When was the last time? What about sitting down and writing a vision for your marriage or writing a vision uh, for your family? It says write the vision, whatever it is, whatever the vision is that God has given you, what he's showing you as you pray about it, what you're seeing. Write down the vision and make it plain on tablets. Why? So the one who reads it can run with it. So that you can have clarity with your life. And I want to encourage you to do that. And the reason, I mean, this is so important, you may know this verse. It's found in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, now when you don't have that clarity, when you don't have that vision in your life, the people perish. The marriage perishes. The family perishes. It doesn't go anywhere because we don't have a plan. So write it down. Have a vision. In fact, some translations say that verse this way. I think this is actually a deeper revelation of this verse. It says, where there is no vision, the people cast off all restraint. So it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I, it doesn't matter because I don't have a plan. I don't have a vision. So anything goes. Because I don't have, I'm not moving towards something. So I can do anything, just anything that just crosses my mind. So we want to kind of direct you towards the vision that God has for you. It's not that all things are bad. It's just that all things are not necessary. 
When you're moving towards what God has for your life, you want to move there with clarity. You want to see it. And it's very important, if you're going to be a part of an organization, especially a church, that you have a clarity of where we are going as a church. And again, everything that you see here today, I want to encourage you, do it in your home, do it with your own family and in your marriage, because a clear written vision will do two things. One, it keeps us motivated, and we need that. Man, we need that passion in our lives. We need to be motivated about something, something that's driving us, something that's pushing us forward, a reason to get up in the morning, right? Something that we know, man, I'm getting up today and I'm participating in this great plan that God has for my life. So a written vision, a clear written vision will motivate you, all right, and it will keep us focused. It'll bring kind of a laser focus to your life. This is where I'm going. I'm not going to veer off it. I'm going for God's plan. I'm not going to zig this way and that and get lost on rabbit trails. I'm moving towards what God has for my life. So it will keep us motivated, keep us focused. I believe it's an important key to a successful life. All right? And I believe that. So let me give you our purpose statement here at Coast. Coast Community Church exists to reach people of all backgrounds and cultures. And we want to reach everybody with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ so that they can become fully devoted followers of Christ. And that's where we're going. That's the vision. That's where we're moving as a church. And we're going to talk about that some in this message. But I want to kind of give you some ideas of some of things that are happening here at Coast, what's happening right now and where we're going. First of all, let me tell you, next Sunday we're starting a brand new series called Love is the Revolution. And I am so excited about this series and, and doing this. It's going to be an eight-week series on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We know it as the love chapter. And the question would be, what would happen if we started to change the way we interact with the world around us? What if we became stronger because of love? What if we became people of compassion, people who live like Jesus? See, you need to understand, love is not some sort of namby-pamby little emotion. No, it's the thing that makes us strong. Love is the guiding force of our life. The Bible says that God is love. I guarantee you, when you start loving the world around you, it's a revolutionary act. I guarantee you. All right? How many of you would say, man, I could use a series like that right about now? Yeah, me too. So I'm excited to jump into this. And I just want to encourage you that we have put some invite cards in your program for you to invite people to come to church. It, it just tells, it shows the, the graphic of the thing, and then it gives information about how to contact us and how to get here. I want to encourage you to use those. Statistics say this. If you invite 10 people to church, eight will say that they're coming, three will actually come. Now, but think about that for a second, all right? That means that if every one of you invited 10 people and you each had three guests next week, look around, man, this place would be overflowing. And that's really what we want. We want to reach people. We want to make a difference uh, in, in, in lives. And, man, I think it's so important. Listen to me. We want to partner with you. We want to help you reach your neighbors and your family. And if you invite them to come to Coast, I want to assure you, our teams are going to give it all that they've got to give them a great experience. We're going to do all that they can, all that we can, to give them an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ and His involvement in their life because we believe it's life-changing. Amen? Amen? 
So if your friends and your family don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, don't just pray. Put feet to your faith and invite them to come and join you. Luke 14, 23 is one of my all-time favorite verses. Uh, I actually like a, a translation that's a little bit different than this, but this is from the Living Bible. It says, go out into the country. Uh, the, 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 the verse I like says, go out into the highways and hedges. But go out all around and urge, or the other version says, compel anyone you find to come in. And, and then look at this part right here. All right, I want you to say it with me. So that my house will be what? Full. Full. Now, this is a different thought for some of us, right? Because when we go to the movies, right, we don't want the movie to be full. In fact, Vicki and I, when we go to the movies, we go on our day off, which is Monday. And we go like about midday during Monday because there's nobody there. I like that. Have anybody else like that? Right? Because, you know, when I go to the movie, I want to be focused. I don't want anything distracting me. I, that's, that's what I want to do, right? So I, I, and, and, and one of my biggest pet peeves, right? You want to hear something that just sets me off? Go to an empty movie theater, find your seat, and all of a sudden, somebody comes in, there's a hundred seats around you, and they sit right next to you. That hacks me off. I'm telling you, it bugs me. Does that bug any of you? I mean, there's all these seats. You can sit anywhere, right? And I get it, right? We like space. We like to focus, right? It's fine. But it's not fine for church. And I'm not just talking about coast. I'm talking about every church in our city needs to grow. Every single church. I've been spending some time. This last week, I spent time with a, a group of pastors from, from here in Gulf Breeze. And we're planning some things, man, for our community. I'm just so excited about the pastors who've jumped in and want to be a part of this that's going on. I met with some pastors from Pensacola, uh, which is part of my uh, small group. I have a small group of pastors that, that I'm accountable to and I'm friends with. And, and I met with them, and every single one of them had the same thing in their heart. And that is that we are asking, we are praying, we are desperate for a spiritual awakening in our community. We're ready for it, man. We want to see. I, there's something inside of me that longs for those moments like when I first got saved and I just longed to be in church. And there was this excitement. And you didn't want to miss anything because you just knew, man. man so, so I stayed out this Sunday. Hey, how was church? You would not believe it, man. Some guy came in and his arm grew back, right? I go, oh, man, I knew I shouldn't have slept in. Right? I mean, I'm longing for this, just this, this thing that we're... That we're people just wake up with this hunger for God. And say, man, I just want to be where God is. I want to, and it's not that God's not with you. It's not that he's not inside of us. But there's something powerful when we come together as believers. There's something powerful when we get into his presence together. And you can just feel it, man. It's just this excitement. And I'm longing for that spiritual awakening. Let me just tell you this. We pray every single Wednesday from 12 to 1 here in this building. And some of you, you need to be a part of that. If you're, you're free and you can come, you, I want to encourage you. Come join us. Man, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be praying for our community. I'm praying, specifically, I'm praying for the prodigals in our families. Man, how many of you have got a prodigal in your family you'd like to see come back to the Lord? We probably all do. And we're praying for the prodigals. We're praying for the churches in our areas, that they would grow and prosper. We're praying for pastors in our community. Why? Because God wants his house full. He wants it full. Why? Because listen to me, guys. Look at me in the eyes. Heaven and hell are realities. 
They're realities, all right? And so what we do as a church is create a place that's good for you and good for your families, and we try very hard to minister to you and move you into a relationship with Christ that is alive and vibrant. And we are constantly praying and thinking about how can we leverage ourselves and this church to do more for the cause of Christ? Which brings me to something. God has been speaking something into my heart these last few weeks. And it's been so heavy on my heart. And God spoke to me two words. Make room. Everybody say make room. Make room. Make room room during worship. In other words, we're going to open up those times for, for God to do whatever he wants to do during our worship time, those moments like where Hannah had just that word this morning or, or that sort of thing, where there's, there's moments where Jeff is leading, we just feel God's presence and we say, we're going to stick here for a minute because God's presence is so strong and let's just see what he, he does. This is not in my news, but there's, a, there's an old story of Catherine Coleman. Anybody remember Catherine Coleman? She's, you had to go back a ways, but she's an interesting read if you want to discover her. She wore these white flowing gowns and she would do these big services and tons of people would get healed. And there was a reporter who came and, and he was going to interview her and, and, and he asked if he could just go on a couple of their, their crusades with her. And so he shows up at the crusade and he's there with her backstage and he, he's got his little pad and he's writing. He comes up to her and says, Miss Coleman, what is, what is God going to do today? What do you think? What are you looking for? And she looks at him and she grabs his face in, his, in her hands and she says, let's just see. Let's just see what God will do. You got to make room. You got to make room for God to do it. You got to make room for God to do it during the, the, the worship, during the message, where God just wants to have his way and say, you know, something through us, man. We want to make room for that. But listen, listen, God spoke to me this clearly make room for people. So here's the big announcement that we're making. It's starting Easter Sunday, we are going to two services on Sunday mornings. Listen, let me tell you what we are doing. We are making room by faith for the harvest. What we are doing, Hannah, is we are stepping out of the boat. We're saying, we're going to meet God. Is it scary? Yes. Do we feel like a place of of fear? Yes. There's fear. There's worry. There's all those things. What if we do two services and people don't come? They're going to come because we're going to go out and get them. We're going to go out as a church. We're going to become alive as a church. And we're going to say, you know what? This is my church. Man, I'm a part of this church. I'm going to invite people to come in and be a part of what God is doing. How many of you know people that that just a little bit, a little bit of faith could make a huge difference in their lives? We're going to reach out and get them. You know, I I know that, that there are times when I come to church and I'll sit outside or just stand outside. Early in the days before we had these covers on the windows you could see out the windows and I would sit and watch the cars go by on 98 and I would think you know what we think that there's so many churches in our area but the vast majority of people that come here or or live here do not go to church anywhere and they're waiting for somebody to invite them you invite 10 eight say that they'll come three will actually show up and we could we could wind up being well on our way to packing out a couple of services if we did that and so that's what we're doing. I'm excited about that. Uh, so we're going to be announcing the times in the next couple of weeks. But how many of you are excited about double services? Man, me too. All right, I want to take a couple of minutes, and I want to talk about the idea of putting God first and why that's important. Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6 says this, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, 
who conduct their affairs with justice, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says this, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God desires the first of everything in your life because the first determines the level of your priority. It shows what's most important in your life. What do we do with the first? How we handle the first shows who and what is most important to us. And so I want to give you really quickly five areas where God wants to be first in your life. Five areas. Now, before I share this, let me make it clear. Just so that you understand, God doesn't need our stuff. He doesn't. The economy of heaven's really good. God doesn't have any problems. You know, it's not like God's going to post a going out of business sale or, or that sort of thing. You know, God's all right. Man, he doesn't need our stuff, but what he does want to know is where he fits in our hearts. All right? When it comes to our life. And I believe this with all my heart. When God gets the first, the door has been opened to bless the rest. Absolutely. I found this to be true, and you can find it all through Scripture. So here's the first one. God wants to be the first part of your day. Of your day. God gives us seven days a week, uh, 365 days a year, except for this year, which happens to have 366, because it's leap year. Uh, But God wants us to take each day and come to Him first. In Mark 135, it shows kind of the, the, the practice of Jesus. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Another verse said, as was his habit. This is what Jesus did. Man, if Jesus took time every day to pray and start his day off with God, man, I want to do that. Because if you take time every morning to give God the first part of your day, he's going to bless the rest of your day. Amen? Amen? The second one, God wants you to give him the first part of your week. Psalm 84 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And God wants you to give him the first part of your week. So Sunday isn't just something that you kind of check off your list. Look, God, I did it. I made it. I'm there on Sunday, right? No, you know. Uh, Check me off, I made it. No, when we give God the first part of our week, I believe he looks at us and says, I just want you to know angels have been assigned to you on your behalf to watch over you. And no weapon formed against you is going to prosper because you gave me the first part of your week. Now I'm going to bless the rest. Amen? Right now in America, the average churchgoer, listen to this, the average churchgoer goes once a month. We used to call those visitors, right? (laughs) All right. You need to know, God is not keeping role, but he does want to know, are you going to give him your first? Here's the third one. God wants you to give him the first part of your year. That's why we start off every year here at Coast with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want you to know, 
that as we pray during that time and as we fast, we are literally praying and fasting with hundreds of other churches across America. Can you imagine what is happening in heaven when hundreds of people are fasting and praying and seeking God's face? Man, it, it, it opens up the door for a spiritual awakening, and I believe that's going to happen. I believe we're going to, to see that. Man, I'm excited about it. Here's the fourth one. By the way, we give God the first part of our year. He blesses what? Blesses the rest. Fourth thing, God wants you to give him the first part of your tithe. Now again, let me say this. God is not after your money. He's after your heart. That's really what he's after. And, and, and I want you to walk in covenant blessings with God. You know, I hear people talk about the prosperity gospel, and this is not that. I'm not talking about the fact that God's going to give you a, a, you know, a Cadillac and a private jet and all this. I mean, he might, but it's not because you're just doing all the right things and checking off the right boxes. I know. No, that would be because you're probably going to a job and working hard and you know, being smart with your money and tithing and doing all the things that you know that you need to do. And he's, he's allowing you to be blessed because of your faithfulness. Uh, no, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm talking about a covenant blessing that's in the Bible. This, I'm, I'll just show you scripture. Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. And that word tithe means a tenth part. The first tenth. He says, you are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Joseph Garlington, years ago, I heard Joseph Garlington uh, preach a message. And he was talking about this idea. And he was talking about a Hebrew word for offering, and it was the word cherem. You, you've got to kind of get that, almost like you're about to, to draw something up, right? <laughs> and so you, it's cherem. And th- that word cherem means, it means, uh, it means offering, but it literally means destined for destruction. And see, that's what the tithe and the offering was. It was destined for destruction. So when they brought their, their animals, when they brought their, their produce or whatever, it was there to be consumed on the altar. It was there to be consumed in the ministry. It was destined for destruction. And, and Joseph Garlington made the point is that a tenth of everything you make is harem, right? And so if you hang on to it, it's still destined for destruction. It just may go off in your pocket. Something to think about, right? (laughs) It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What is the storehouse? It's the place where you're fed. It's your local church. That there may be food in my house. This is how our church survives. And and your tithes, your giving makes a difference in that. I'll just be honest with you. Last year was one of the tightest years that we've had. Actually, we came in a little bit under, I mean, a little bit over budget last year, not because our budget was high, but because our giving was down. Giving is down probably in most churches. Uh, This is the first year that that we've had to face that. Unfortunately, we had some money that was saved up, but I mean, even with the first fruit offering from last year, we, we, we were under. And so it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Listen to this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. There's no other place that I know where God says, test me. You want to trust me on something? And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It's a challenge from God. It's a covenant blessing that he offers. Now, I just want you to know something, and and I don't say this very often, but I want you to hear it from me. I don't look at your tithes. 
I couldn't tell you who in this room tithes and who doesn't. I know that we don't all tithe because if we all tithe, we wouldn't have any problems. All right, we could do all kinds of things in our community if everybody tithes. So I, I don't look at your tithes. I don't know who does that. I don't, wanna, I don't ever want to be praying for somebody and have the thought in, even enter my head. Oh, well, this person doesn't even tithe. Or this person's a great tither, so I've got to... I, I don't want to minister to you based on whether you tithe or don't tithe. I want to minister to you based on the fact that God loves you, and so do I. Amen. All right? So I don't look at your tithe. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I can tell you this. Your, your tithe... It's between you and God. But Vicki and I, we found out early on in our life, we can do more on 90% with God's blessing than we can on 100% without God's blessing. And we tried in the early days because money was tight, man. And we'd, we would stop tithing and try and you know, just pay our bills and oh, we'll catch up you know, when we can. And you know what would happen? Like the refrigerator would break down and this would happen and all of that. And the Bible says, I mean, God says in his word, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. When we started tithing, it just seemed like a lot of this stuff just went away. Or when something did break down, there was extra money to be able to do it, and we didn't even know. How. There was things, times we couldn't even make it work on, on paper, but God did it. You know, that's just the God that we serve. All right? Give God the first of your tithe, and he will bless the rest. Now, let me just tell you some of the things that we did with your tithes and offerings this year. Last year as a church, 2% of everything you gave uh, go, went to ARC the Association of Related Churches. And with our partnership with ARC, we saw 65 new churches planted in the United States last year. Isn't that amazing? 799 decisions for Christ just in those brand new churches. It's pretty exciting, right? It's powerful. Also in 2019, we saw five church plants outside the United States. This is new. Uh, by the way, a young man that... that uh, Vicky and I poured into uh, years ago when he was a teenager and we were living in northern Virginia and when uh, he was a high schooler we were we were pouring into his life three weeks ago he planted Roots Church in Jacksonville Florida and I'm so excited man to see that uh, three uh, five years ago uh, his younger brother uh, Josh uh, planted a, a church in uh, Richmond in Richmond, Virginia, and that thing's just exploding. And so your giving helped make those things happen. And so, man, thank you for everything that you give. Last year and every year since the beginning of our church, we gave to the Safe Harbor Pregnancy Resource Center. And uh, uh, they are helping women choose life for their children and, and give them an alternative to abortion. And let me just mention, you know, I really believe in that, and I, I see the fight really kind of gearing up for this. And I'm not trying to make a political statement here. I'm talking about the life of an unborn child. I believe it's important to God. And I believe God is saying to be ready because being pro-life means more than just, listen to me, it means more than just babies being born. They have to be taken care of. And I believe that some of you are sitting here in the next coming years, some of you are going to adopt children. Uh, Vicki and I are proud of the fact that we were able to adopt our daughter. It was one of the best experiences and best things that we ever did. Uh, you will make a kingdom investment in the life of a child. Some of you will adopt. Some of you will train and become foster parents. And you're going to make a difference. I'm just speaking it over you prophetically. So get ready for that. Uh, through your giving at Coast the, this year, we've been able to do a lot of great things through our Made with Love ministry, our feeding program here. At yeah. 
And, and so the, the team worked so hard. Listen to some of the things that they accomplished. Last year, they gave out, are you ready for this? 672 bags of groceries. That's, guys, that's over, just to give you kind of a concept of it, that's over three tons of food that went out of here. I mean, that's just amazing, but that's not all. Over the holidays, 21 families received $50 gift cards for Christmas meals. We also helped organizations like Family First, um, the Pensacola Dream Center, and a local daycare that, that, that specially works with uh, uh, moms from low-income families, and we helped them with food bags. May Would Love also made 178 homeless relief bags for homeless people, and those are just a wonderful resource. They're available, yeah. Those are available in our foyer. You can grab them, have one or, or two in your car, and you see somebody who's in need, you've got it there. And there's things in there. These things have been really researched and are designed specifically uh, for homeless people and what they would need out on the street and what works best for them. And, uh, man, they're special. And we get people that call us and say, what are you putting in those bags? We want to know. And uh, it's just great Great, made with love team, great job on that. See, you are impacting our nation by your giving to Coast, but not just nationally, we're making a difference in the world when it comes to missions. We, we've always at Coast had a go and send. Some people say go or send. You know, we believe you should go and send. We want you to partner with us to giving to people who sacrificed their lives to go out and make a difference on the mission field. And last year, you gave to people like, uh, Ryan and Chris Haney in Scotland, uh, McLean, and, and, and by the way, Ryan and Chris will be here during the summer, right, Pam? Yeah. And then McLean and Colleen Hawthorne in Malaysia, and uh, I have a date for McLean, uh, March 29th. McLean's going to be here. You'll get to hear. McLean is, he's a guy who is a guy, uh, he trains leaders who train leaders who train leaders. I'm just telling you, it's exponential. You talk about one of the great heroes of the faith. And most people don't even realize it. He's so humble, you would never realize the tremendous impact he is having all through Asia. I mean, it's just a powerful. Uh, the Challenge Farm in Katali, Kenya, with, with Sherry Thompson and, and all of her team there and what they're doing to, to reach street kids is powerful. You gave to Gary and Beth Hodges, our, our first missionaries that were sent out of coast. And you gave to Maverick and Amy Honing, who are, are heading back to Africa. Is that right? Pam, is there anybody I'm missing? I, I think that's I think that's got our missionaries. What? Oh, Ukraine, right, 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 right. Well, it's a privilege <coughs> of being able to help uh, send people out, you know, across the world. But you need to know that sending isn't enough. We all need to go. And since the beginning of Coast, we've always tried to offer short-term missions trips. Our teams have been to Africa many times, Nicaragua, Guatemala, both those places a few times, China, Scotland, Costa Rica, and more. And we want to encourage you when the opportunity comes to take a short-term missions trip, just do it. And it will absolutely change your life. It'll change you. And uh, we're hoping that if things go well to have a short-term trip for this year, we'll be telling you more about that later. So, we minister to 
the nation through ark. We minister to the world by going and sending. And we minister at home beyond the walls of the church locally through all kinds of outreaches. And we're going to have some major outreach opportunities this year. The next one is coming up February 23rd right here at Coast. We're going to be doing our waitress and wait staff uh, outreach. And we'll tell you more about that on that day. But that's always just kind of a fun one that you can do. It's so simple and it really does make a difference. We also want to encourage our people here at Coast to do random acts of kindness. You don't, have to, you don't have to just wait for a group outreach to do something. You can do outreach every week. In our foyer area, we have these little cards. They're so simple. They just have a cross equals love on them. And then on the other side, it has our church logo. And it says, just for you, just because. And then there's our website. That's how they can get in touch with us. And so we do all kinds of things. And Vicki and I, man, we use these things. We'll, we'll, we, we've got an agreement. Anytime God speaks something to our heart to give to somebody or to do something, we'll be in a restaurant and God say, pay for that person's meal. And we're both thinking, well, this is a tight week. But we've agreed that when God says it, then God will bless it. So we do it. And, you know, uh, man, paying for somebody's coffee at Starbucks, you know, or paying somebody's toll as you go across the bridge, and then just leave them a card. I'll buy somebody's breakfast behind me, and I'm lying at McDonald's, leave them a card. And, man, you just never know what you're going to do or, or give somebody a little bit of hope, just a little bit of a smile to know that in the midst of their daily troubles, God is thinking about them just because, just because. And it's a powerful thing that you can do to reach our community. See, your giving makes a huge difference, and not just with your finances, but also uh, with your time, which brings us to the fifth thing. God wants you to give him the first part of your talents. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to do, if it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. At Coast, man, we have so many different places where you can serve. And you might come in and say, you know what? It looks like everything's covered. It looks like you guys have it all running smoothly. Believe me, there are places that you could make a difference. We call our different ministry opportunities our dream team. And it's all the people who serve here and make Coast happen. And there's lots of opportunities. You can serve on our tech team. Uh, they'll teach you how to run the equipment, everything from multimedia or sound, uh, lighting. You can serve on our first impressions team. And they do everything from greeting you at the door when you came in, uh, serving during the service, making the coffee and refreshments that, that, that are here that you enjoy every week. If you have the gift of hospitality, or if you can open the door and just greet somebody and tell them, we're so glad that you're here, and just let them know, man, first impressions is a great place to serve. There's opportunity in our children's areas with our infants and preschoolers and first through sixth graders where you can pour into the lives of children. Guys, listen to me. At Coast, we don't babysit. That's not what we do. Somebody say amen. amen. We don't babysit. No, we are pouring into the lives of this upcoming generation. That's what we're doing. If you have an interest, in, an interest in that, man, we'd love to see you involved in it. If you have an interest in reaching teenagers, let us know. If you play an instrument or you have the ability to sing, there's opportunities with our band. 
and you can get with Jeff. There's just so many places that you can serve. So let me tell you about something that's getting ready to happen. We don't have the exact date down, but we're going to be nailing it down in the next couple of weeks, and you'll be hearing about it. Because we're going to do another food truck Sunday. Those are always fun, right? Where we have the food trucks in, and we're able just to kind of hang out with each other. But we're also going to have a ministry fair on that Sunday. And all the different ministries are going to have tables where you can find out what they do and how you can be involved because we're really going to up the game. And we're going to need to because we're going to two services. Have I mentioned that? And so it's going to take everybody to come in and be a part of that because it's worth it to reach our community. Amen? Amen. All right. <clears throat> so uh, another thing that we do every year during the first part of the year is we do a first fruits offering. I mentioned it just a minute ago. And the idea is, is based off of the first fruits offerings that you would see in the Bible. The Israelites would give the first fruits of their crops and their cattle every year in a special offering. They would literally take a ribbon and tie it around the stalk of the first plant that would pop up so they could give God their first. They wanted to know, and they'd do the same thing with the cattle as they were born. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And that's a promise of God's supernatural blessing. And let me just tell you, we've had testimony after testimony of miracles from our first fruit offering, the people who've given during that time. And Vicki and I had two major miracles happening where God just unexpectedly, we didn't even see it coming, gave back to us over and above what we had tried to give in our first fruit offering. And we stretched. I mean, we stretched to the end way past what was comfortable for us. We didn't even know how we were going to give what we gave. Uh, but we did, and God blessed it and gave it back to us with more. You, you cannot give God. You just can't do it. And uh, listen to this. First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty. I want you to check out this verse. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. God gave us his very best first. His first fruits. And man, and that's powerful. And so every year when you guys give the first fruits offering, we turn right around and give the first 10% of that offering to a church in our area that may be struggling. And we want to be a blessing to the other churches in our community. How many of you know we're not competing with other churches in our community? We're part of the same team. We're all going to be in heaven together. And it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. All right, And so we want to be a blessing. This year, our first fruit offering will be March 1st. Be praying about what you're going to give. I know Vicki and I have already been talking about it. We're excited about giving. So take the rest of February, kind of pray through that, uh, about what you want to give. And I can't wait to see what God does for our church and for our church families. Uh, one more quick thing I want to mention before we move on is that last year we were able to baptize 12 people. And we dedicated six babies. And uh, I just love that, man. I want to challenge you. Help us to reach people. Help us to make a difference in our community, in our nation, and in the world. I believe we're going to do even more in 2020 and see God accomplish some really great things. I believe that we'll give more to world missions and do more outreach. I want to baptize over 50 people this year. I want to set that as a goal and see God do that. I want to see us grow as a church. And I'm beyond excited about our opportunity to make room for God during the second service that's coming. I believe that 2020 is going to be a great year of ministry at Coast. Amen? Amen. And then one more thing before we go on. 
we just need to pause and say thank you. I want to say special thanks to uh, Sheree King, uh, my ministry assistant. And guys, she does so much behind the scenes, and, and you, you just never see it, but she's constantly working and doing stuff and making things happen. And I'll have an idea, and she tells me how we can make it work. And she's just an awesome blessing to this church. And so thank you so much, Sheree. And then thank you to all of our uh, ministry leaders and our church board. You all make a huge difference here at Coast. And man, God is blessing us because of your leadership. All of you guys, we thank you. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you for all that you do. I know I covered you under ministry leading, but I couldn't do this without you. You, you, you keep me sane, <laughs> and, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, thanks to our Dream Team members, those that serve in ministry at Coast. You guys are amazing, and I hope you sense fulfillment and what you're doing as you're serving, and knowing that you're making a difference in the lives of others. I couldn't be more proud of you. Can we just give a big hand to our Dream Team members? And I really do want to encourage you to jump in as opportunities arrive, be a part of the vision as God directs, and give. It's your giving that allows us to do what we do. Oh, thank you. Thanks. But your giving, your tithes, your offerings make a difference in our community, and, and we couldn't do it without you. And all I really want to ask is you would hear from God. You know, God, I'm hearing all this vision. How can I give? How do you want me to give? How do you want me to be a part? How do you want to offer my time, my energy, my resources? And man, just do that, and together we'll make a difference. And, and then finally, I'll close kind of with this thought, and that is as we prepare, uh, as important as it is, really, for us to have a mission as a church uh, that's clearly articulated. Man, I hope that you would understand that it's important for each of us individually and as a family to have a vision. And I want you to know that God's plan, God has a plan for your life. He has a vision for your life. And one of the things that I'm passionate about here at Coast is taking you on a spiritual journey to the vision that God has for your life. And I want to show you a verse from Ephesians. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and it's one of those rare occasions where we actually have a transcript of what Paul is praying. Because a lot of times you see they were praying here or they were doing this. But this is one of those times where it actually shows us the prayer. And I want you to hear what Paul was praying because it's powerful. In verse uh, 17 and 18, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so in other words, there's some things that I am praying that you're, you're going to start seeing. That's what Paul's saying. So that you may know him better. That you could know him. You could know Jesus and be close to him. And that's the first thing that God wants to do in your life. It's not for you to get close to a church. It's so that you can get close to him. Churches are important, but this isn't about this church. It's about having an intimate, growing relationship with the creator of the universe. It's about knowing him personally. If you don't know God, man, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to him and meet him in just a couple of minutes and say yes to his involvement in your life. But then Paul goes on to pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. There may be some darkness in your heart. And he said, I want your hearts to be clear. I want you to be free. And the heart is what you feel. It's the emotions. He says that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that 
In other words, you can't have the next part until you get this part right. And I want you to see that. It's important. If you want to move on in God's vision for your life, it's important that your heart is enlightened. And if it is, then now you will know the hope to which he has called you. So now you know why you're on the planet, which means you will never know why you're on this planet until God gets a hold of your heart and starts cleaning it up some. All right? But if you do that, then he can show you why you're on the planet, and that's when life starts to really get exciting. That's when it starts to get fun. You will know the hope to which he's called you, and then when you know the hope, then you can know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So that now you find yourself in a place where you're involved with something that is bigger than yourselves. And you experience the richness and the inheritance of what God has for you. Now I want to show you that same verse in the message paraphrase. And I love the message. I love the way it says it. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. If you are at ground zero in your walk with God, this is step number one. Know him personally. Have a real relationship with him. And then when you know him personally, now you can have your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he wants you to do. And I really, really want that for your life. I want you to see why you're on this planet. I want you to know why you're here. Because when you do, it changes everything. No longer, man, will your life be bounced off track by weird circumstances or problems or that sort of thing. You'll see those for what they are. They're distractions because you are moving towards something and you're not going to let it change your life. Why? Because you know why you're here. You know why you exist. And it says, and then you can grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for you. And then listen to this, man, I love the message. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in those who trust him. Endless energy boundless strength. In other words, God's best for you. In these verses, there's four steps that we've programmed our church around, and we've focused on this, and I want everyone to be able to figure out the process. So here's the four steps. I'm going to give them to you, and then we're going to pray. Uh, the first thing, step number one, is that you just need to know God. So simple, man. And then maybe here, you may say, you know, hey, Robert, I'm not in a relationship with God. You know, or maybe you know about God. Can I just tell you there's a difference between knowing about and knowing personally? You're right? I mean, I know of this. There's celebrities that I know about. There's music guys that I know about, but I don't know them personally. There's a difference between knowing about God and actually having a real relationship with Him. Knowing Him is so important. Getting close to Him, being in a relationship. And you might say, Robert, what do I have to do? All right? Well, you need to give Him your life. If you've never done that, again, we're going to do that in just a minute. We're going to give you an opportunity to say yes to him and get start the process of knowing him. Then if you know him, number two, the second step is you need to find freedom. You need to find freedom. You need to be set free in those areas of your life where you are constantly struggling. You know, uh, your habits, your addictions. It's that thing. You know that thing. Whatever that thing is. That, that is messing up your life. It may be your anger. It may be your lust. It may be your debt. Whatever it is, whatever is holding you back from experiencing God's best for your life, you know, you may say, you know, I, I love God and I know I'm going to heaven, but this problem is dominating my life. You need to find freedom. We want to help you do that. You say, well, Pastor Robert, how do I find freedom? Two words, small groups. 
small groups. I believe that life change happens in best in small group relationships. And we have our table out for one more week for our small groups that are starting. You can go up and you can sign up to be a part of a small group. There's a lot of great ones, including some freedom groups. If you haven't been through a freedom group, listen to me. I, if I could get in front of you and just say, I beg you to do this. I know what a life change it is. Go to a freedom group. It will change your life. It will make a difference in your life. There are some of you, you're sitting here today, and there's things in your life, and you think, I've never been able to control that. I've never been able to get past it, and I know if I could, it would make a difference. Freedom groups will help you do that. They'll help you do that, and I want to encourage you. But there's all kinds of, of small groups that you can be a part of, and life change happens best in a small group environment. Let me show it to you in Scripture. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to who? What? Somebody say, oh, no, Pastor Robert. You, you confess your sins to God, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's right. You confess your sins to God, he cleanses you from all righteousness. You confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Healing. Healing happens there. Why? Why does it work that way? Well, it's because all of us have a side to our life that no one else knows. And God wants you to be comfortable enough in relationship with other people where you can peel off the mask and say, this is the real me. This is where I struggle. This is where I hurt. This is where the pain is. And I need some help. I can't do it by myself. And God wants you to have people there in your life who love you and can walk through life with you and pray for you and encourage you and you can find freedom. Amen? And then once you know God and your heart is clear and you have freedom, now you're able to experience God's best for your life. But you never will if you don't make those first two steps. You will never know the hope to which he's called you. You'll never know God's best if you don't get your heart cleared. So you need to know God, find freedom, and then here's the third one, and this is where it gets fun. You need to discover purpose. Discover purpose. You say, well, Robert, where does that happen here at Coast? It happens in our growth track. The whole growth track is designed to give you four things that we know will help you discover why you're on the planet. Because the two best days in your life are going to be the day you were born and the day you find out why. Amen. It'll make a difference. And so that brings us to the point uh, where you take the fourth step in the process, and that is make a difference. You need to know that in God's ultimate plans, the first three steps serve this final one. God's ultimate plan for your life is that you are living your life in such a way that you make a difference. All right? And I want to formally look into your eyes and say to each and every one of you that calls Coast your home, I want to give you the invitation to get off the bench. Get in the game. Stop being a spectator and be a participator. Man, it will change your life. I will say it this way. There's a spot for you. There's a place for you. There's a place where you can get involved. Are we getting by without you? Yes. Could we do more partnered with you? Could we be better with you? Absolutely. We need you in the game. And we need you at the front doors greeting our guests. We need you up on the stage. We need you in our children's departments. We need you praying with us on Wednesdays. We need you in our tech teams. We need you in small groups and leading a small group. And you find your spot and join us in making a difference. And together, together we will know him, we'll find freedom, we'll discover our purpose and make a difference so that all of Gulf Breeze, all of Northwest Florida, man, Milton, Pace, Holly, Navarre, and all of it will know God 
And then we'll bring his message to the end of the earth so that one day we can stand before God and God will look us in the eyes and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm proud of you. Bow your heads with me. So I've done my best to bring Coast Vision to you this morning and to speak about God, uh, God's plan for your life. And I just want to do something as we bow our heads. I want to pray for you. First of all, and I pray that you would know God. And maybe you're here today and you say, Robert, I think if I'm looking at my life and being honest, I know about God, but I don't really know him. If that's you and you say, Robert, would you pray for me? I know about God, but I'm not sure I really know him. I'm not sure I really have a relationship. Would you pray for me? Could I see your hand? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. I know about him, but I don't know that I really know him. And I just want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want to be in a relationship with you. Lord, help me. Give me strength. Best as I know how, I want to follow your plan for my life. Forgive me of the places where I messed up and I missed the mark. And help me, Lord, to be centered in on what you want to do in my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed for just a second. Maybe you're at the point in your life where if you say, where am I at in all of this? Maybe you've asked Jesus to be the Lord in your life, but you're still struggling with some things in your life. And you say, Robert, I'm one of those people that needs to find some freedom. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Can I just see your hands? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just need some freedom in my life. Thank you so much for every one of those hands. And if you're raising your hands, so I, I really want to, to recommend getting in a freedom group. There's still time to do that. It'll make a difference in your life. But Lord, I pray for freedom for every single person here, that their eyes would be clear and focused. They would see exactly, Lord, what you're wanting to do in their life, that you would bring some healing to them. I believe that God wants to bring some supernatural healing. Uh, And I'm specifically seeing in the area of emotional healing. There's some emotional healing that God wants to do in some lives today. There's some places where you've been carrying some pain and some hurt. God wants to set you free. Let me just tell you, God has such a plan. If you, if you could have a vision. One time, Vicki was praying, and she had this amazing thing happen to her. And God showed her this woman, and she was ministering and doing all these amazing things. And Vicki said, wow, she's incredible. Who is this woman? And God said, this is you. This is you. This is the way I see you. If you could be what God sees of you, we could absolutely, absolutely, through love, revolutionize our community. We could do it. Let's step into that. Maybe you're here today and you need to discover your purpose. And I pray that you'll get involved in our growth track. That's the place. We've got a great plan for you to be able to do that there. And then you'll help us to make a difference. Man, how many of you will join me in praying that we'll make a huge difference in our community in 2020? This will be a year of impact for us. Will you join me in praying? How many of you? Can I see your hands? How many of you will join me in praying? This will be a year of impact in 2020. Thank you so much for everybody that's doing that.
Father, I just thank you and praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure that you'll ever experience what it is to preach your message and wish you had another hour just to keep going because your heart is so full. Man, my heart is full. I'm excited about what God's going to do in this next season. I believe that 2020 is going to just be a, a powerful year of clarity of vision and, and leadership and God's mercy and this thing inside of us that says we're, we're about to, we're going to take off. We're going to do what God has for us. It's going to be powerful. And so I'm excited to see what God does, not just in our church, but in your lives and in your families. I just believe it's going to be a powerful year. Amen? All right, a couple of quick things. Don't forget to sign up for a small group if you haven't done it. Check out our, our small group table. And to entice you, we have candy. First fruit offering, March 1st. Uh, Men's Fight Club for all my guys is this Saturday, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Bistro 98 restaurant. Uh, you don't have to be a part of the small group. Just come hang out with a bunch of guys. We're going to have breakfast and share a thought and, and mostly just hang out and develop relationships. We would love for you to come and be a part of that. Next week, the new series, Love is the Revolution, starts. Invite some people to come. If you invite 10, how many will say they'll come? Three. And how many will actually come? Three. All right, let's see if we can do that. Let's try it. And then invite some people to come and be a part of that. I want to pray one more prayer, a prayer of blessing as you go. If you would, uh, just raise your hands with me. Father, thank you for every person that's here. I pray that you bless them this week and all that they do, that you would pour your spirit out upon them, give them wisdom, give them favor in the eyes of people they come in contact with. Let your anointing be on their life and give them divine opportunities that they can tell other people the story of what you've done in their life in Jesus' name. And everybody said... God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.